Hello and welcome to the Swan Song Project podcast. My name is Ben Buddy Slack and I'm the founder of the Swan Song Project. We're a charity that helps people face the end of their lives to write and record their own original songs. If you'd like to find out more about the charity, any ways you might support us, or if you or a loved one might be interested in writing a song with us, you can check out our website, which is swansongproject.co.uk, and you should find all the information you need there. But if not, feel free to contact us. This podcast features songwriters, and we talk about one of their songs. Uh, they share with us a songwriting tip, and we also talk about songs meaningful to them in some way relating to bereavement. This episode features Emily Barker, and I hope you enjoy it. Okay, so today I'm here with Emily Barker. Thanks for joining me, Emily. Thank you for having me, Ben. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Um, so if anyone who's seen these podcasts before, listen to them before, you'll know we do them in three sections. First, we're going to have one of my guest songs. We're going to have a chat about that. Then section two, Emily's going to share with us a songwriting tip that might be useful for the songwriters. And then section three, uh, we're going to talk about songs meaningful to Emily in some way relating to bereavement. So um, I'll ask you to introduce your song for us, please, Emily. Yeah, so this song is on my new record, which I just released a few weeks ago. Uh, the record's called A Dark Murmuration of Words, and this song is called The Woman Who Planted Trees. I can tell my age by the height of trees, by the years they've stood growing over me. When I was a girl, you planted seeds and cast your love forever over me. When the land was dry, no food to eat, when the soil was sick and the river weak, you took a spade.
Okay, brilliant. So that was The Woman Who Planted Trees by Emily Barker. It's a stunning song, Emily, and it's like, I'm kind of unfortunate to say that this was, I've only just come to your music recently. I kind of wish I'd been a fan for longer, but that came up on, I think it came up on my, like, Spotify Discover thing, you know, where oh, it just plays an artist. And I was just like... Good to know it works. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one of them songs where I was, I was like, I used to have stuff like that on in the background when I'm working, I'm just working, and it just came on, I was like, what's this? <laughs> you know when a song just really hooks you like that, and I was just then immediately hooked, and I've been... Oh, amazing, cool. ...a bit obsessed with your stuff since, so... Uh, oh, well, thank you very much. It's not too late to come on board. That's Never it, too yeah. Late. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a really, it's a really great song. Um, so what can you tell us about writing it? Well, that was the last song that I wrote for the album. And the album has a lot of themes about environment. And I wanted a positive story um, to contribute um, to this theme, because I feel like in 2019, there was so much awareness happening um, on a larger scale about uh, the climate crisis. And and it's really easy to feel very overwhelmed and, um, that there's not hope and not know what to how to go about making any change happen like on a personal level you, there's certain changes that you can make easily but on a societal level it's hard to you know influence and then on a government level it's really overwhelming um and so a lot of the album explores some of these responses uh, emotional responses to all of that information and this song, I found an amazing story about a woman called Wangari Mathai. And in the 1970s in Kenya, she started a foundation called the Greenbelt Movement. And uh, at the time, the government was selling off lots of land to their friends and clear felling the forest. And it was having this devastating impact on uh, the food supplies for the communities because the soil started eroding and all the topsoil would wash into the rivers and, and nothing was able to grow. And Wangari was a biologist and she had this deep understanding of ecology. And so she started to plant trees, but also fight to protect the forest that was there. And she wanted to empower all the women in her community too by teaching them forestry skills and beekeeping and all these uh, new forestry skills basically and so she started that in the 1970s and over a million trees have been planted and her daughter Wanjira who I had the pleasure of speaking to on a radio interview actually continued her legacy and and the community continued her legacy and the trees are huge now that they that they grew um, at the beginning and lots of this forest is protected and all these new skills have been um, learned. And then Wangari, she's no longer alive, but in 2004, she won the Nobel Peace Prize for all the work that she'd done. And she was the first African woman to receive the Nobel Peace Prize actually. So coming across her story was just uh, really um, inspiring. And, mm -hmm. and I wanted to write that because I felt like that's a great example of something that we can do you know a lot of us are able to um, either support financially a tree planting incentive or go and plant trees ourselves and it just feels like a positive action that you can take um, during this time which is really overwhelming and that will absolutely do good so 
that's that's why I wrote that song. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful story and really inspiring. And I love like I mean the imagery in the song I think is stunning. Um, but I just love the the you know, the title, the woman who planted trees. It's just like it feels like you know it's a simple action in a way, but yeah. it's so, such a huge thing. Uh, it sounds like yeah. oh, it's, you know a woman who planted trees. Okay. But then it's like yeah, the impact how it of that. Affects, yeah, how it can affect you know directly her community, but then beyond the story can have an impact globally. And also with trees, they sequester carbon from the atmosphere. So no matter where you are in the world, you're doing a you're it's a gift for the entire world, mm. not not only just your immediate community. So yeah, and I was I was thinking about it in terms of like how much like how nice it is to go for a walk in a forest somewhere and like just mm. appreciating that natural beauty but not thinking like someone's responsible for this you know yeah. so like i guess in her community like and i think some of the imagery in the you know, walking through the i love the line um believe sing your name I think that's oh yeah a, yeah well there was this great documentary where wanjira wangari's daughter was walking through the forest and looking up and and i just imagined how when she was a younger when she was a girl seeing her mother and the other women planting these trees that were small and then now as an adult walking through this forest which is now overhead and this idea of measuring time uh mm. through the growth of a tree was that something that was did she was that um said in the documentary about the measuring time or was that something that you came up with from seeing it's it? something that i came up with but it's something that's familiar to me too because where i grew up in the southwest in bridgetown southwest of australia sorry um there my parents were involved with um the environment society there and we used to often plant trees and there's a similar problem in various places in australia where so much of the land was clear felled for sheep and wheat farming and that there's a problem with um salt level salinity levels in the um in the soil so when the tree is taken out when trees are taken out then the salt level rises because the roots are no longer absorbing some of that salt and then the salt comes up onto the top of the soil and forms like a, a crust and then nothing can grow so um yeah so i was part of tree planting groups when i was a kid to try to reduce salinity in the water table and um keep soil fertile so and now when i go back home i can see these trees which have grown so much and i realize oh god i am old <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's no, a really nice image and it's something really nice about it um in terms of the community that you know the people growing up with the trees growing up around it yeah um, you know being rooted in that place in a way absolutely um, yeah did you did you go looking for that documentary or did you just stumble across it like you know you said that you wanted a, a positive story for it was it just then you were going I was on? looking up um tree planting mm. and um and I was just on YouTube and I came across Wangari and I think because she won the Nobel Peace Prize and it's still continuing today so I think I'd just put in I think I'd put in women tree planting or something like that um and and came across her so it was slightly, yeah, I was seeking out a good story. Mm. Mm. Oh, so yeah, it's a good way of doing it, I guess, you know, if you're interested in, like say, you, you know, having these themes that you're interested in, then searching for the stories that have, uh, yeah. real life stories that can feed into your... Absolutely, process. which would be my songwriting tip, if we're ready to move on to point number two. 
Uh, yeah, there's one question I wanted to ask you about oh, yeah. the song before we move on is, uh, have you have you sent it to a daughter? Has she heard it? Yes. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, so, Wanjira, um, I got in touch with the Green Milk Movement and uh, there's a press team in the US and in Kenya. And they sent it to Wanjira and then I was doing an interview for Australian National Radio and they wanted to interview me and Wanjira. So, we managed to hook up this very complicated cross-time zone interview with Wanjira in Kenya, me here in the UK and the broadcast wow. in Australia, <laughs> in Sydney. And um, and we got to speak together and she absolutely loves the song. And I was so blown away. And she said she's singing it with her daughters. And, uh, and she just had, and she's incredible, like her mum. She sort of not only continued the legacy of the Greenbelt movement, but then started all these other um, environment charities in Kenya and in Africa. She is the, um, I forget her exact title, but she's something like the environment minister for Africa or something wow. like this now. So she's a very prominent person in, in the environmental sort of movement. And um, and we've emailed since and she, she's just so generous and beautiful and inspiring. And she said, well, um, you have a home in Kenya if you make it over. <laughs> wow! So it's sort of the you know I didn't I I never even had that hope that the song might reach her, um, but it has. And for me, that is the ultimate sort of compliment, I suppose. Mm -hmm. That that it meant something to her, and she felt like her mother's legacy was honoured. And yeah, so very so so blown away by that. Yeah, it's really lovely, and it's really nice. Like, it's nice how much their work then yeah reached you across the yeah. world and impacted you, and then you've then taken that inspiration and used your skill set and your art form to create something which then goes back and yeah. Well, Wanjira well. was saying like, well, the legacy lives on because you've written this song, and you know the legacy obviously lives on with her work that she does as well. Um, and I've been talking to the Greenbelt movement and they're going to use the song in whatever way they can with their promotions to, you know, so it's sort of this, it, it can serve, I hope, what they're doing and, and, you know, in some way, I was just like, please just, yeah, have it and, and I hope that it can serve, serve the cause well. That's brilliant, yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a great song. So yeah, let's move into let's move into section two shows. This is where I ask for a, a songwriting tip from my guests. So uh, what would your tip be for us, Emily? Well, I really love um, delving into research. So I, I really like telling a story. And um, I recently did, um, I was a tutor at the Glasgow Songwriting Festival, which this year was online. Um, but I gave this task to people, um, which is quite a good one, I think, for getting into a song. But um, this specific one was to think of a river, a river that has been important to you in some way and to um, go go into the topic and do loads of research about your river, say the one that is, uh, it was in your childhood or family history or somewhere where you go regularly on holiday or something like that. Um, and just research as much as you can about it and, you know, spend a couple of, I mean when I write a song I generally would spend three or four hours or more just taking notes and and researching the story and trying to think of um, a perspective to write 
from so it doesn't necessarily have to be your own perspective it might be that you write from the perspective of a tree that or a house that's been by this river for years or um I don't know or rocks or something like that just have a think you can have experiment with writing from a different perspective is quite fun mm. um and then and then what do we do it doesn't have to be a river but just for example this is what what I like to do but just really go into the research of it and then once you found your perspective just looking at all your notes and just writing sort of stream of consciousness for maybe half an hour or something like that or or less even but just reading your notes and then just putting them to the side and writing and um, without almost thinking but just trying to create imagery and things like that and um, yeah and then to and then approaching the music I often do them separately but uh, I have this one tip which I oh yeah I guess it's a tip but um, where if people know a little bit about theory um, then uh, if say whatever key you're in you can not use the root chord until the chorus is quite mm. a fun experiment so um, so you know if you're in the key of C then obviously you have C major D minor E minor F major G major A minor and uh, B diminished but so instead of using um, C as the as the beginning chord you could wait hold that until the chorus and just try using all those other chords um, not all of them but whichever ones you want and then saving the root chord to the chorus mm. anyway that that sort of that was what the task that I set for um, the people on this course and it was amazing seeing what people came up with like their memories of their river and then none of them had written a song where they hadn't used the root chord in the verses mm. so that was also led them in new ways um yeah but you could apply it to whatever subject you like but get just i would recommend just getting really specific and doing lots of research i find that part really fun actually when i'm writing a song. yeah yeah i think it's really good advice i think it's like a lot of people think of songwriting as like it's just this outburst of like creativity and it's like just yeah happens no, in the nothing. moment yeah nothing <laughs> then complete song whereas yeah. really yeah you can do it this way of um spending a lot of time researching things and i was liking the way you were describing the process that feels like you know you kind of um, accumulate a lot of information about mm. whatever the subject is and then you're then processing it so when you're doing your stream of consciousness like you're taking it all in then you're putting it all back out in a unstructured form and then you structure yeah. it from there yes. into how it would fit the song so yes exactly correct, yeah. yeah and i guess it's just the art is condensing all this information in a way that the, the narrative is clear and you do that by only including the essential mm. parts of the story so it becomes this really important decision of what you include and what you leave out i always like the um yeah songs that have you know like lines that give you so much more like is what's what's left out but that you kind of you is implied by the what's included in a way. yeah absolutely it makes you sort of you have to think a little bit it's like mm. oh does that mean oh yeah because that next line also backs up that idea and yeah so you have to be quite yeah very concise i remember hearing it described as um the iceberg theory you know that like the all the all the knowledge the 
creator has about the song is mm. the bottom of the iceberg, but the song itself is just the tip of it. Yeah. So like, you know all this That's backstory great. and yeah. all this context, but then the song is just actually this this snippet of this information, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good metaphor for it, actually. Mm. So is that is that a process you do a lot with your songs of have have that theme and then go through the research process and? Yeah, I do that a lot, especially well if it's a story about somebody else um, or yeah, then I so for the woman who planted trees, that's a process that that, mm. that I did for for writing that song. I think it's another good example of that. You know, whatever topic you want to write about, there is so many interesting stories about it and finding yeah. those stories is is really fun um yeah whether it's about a river or about trees or about whatever you want to write about if you look mm. into something you'll probably find very interesting stories about yeah people. yeah absolutely are you quite visual when you write in terms of like like especially with that song the imagery and it's really strong and just the way you're talking about that stuff is like do you see the settings of your songs quite yeah, clearly I put, when you I put myself into the setting and just sort of walk around within that space and imagine the smell. I think that's mm. a really important thing when describing um trying to describe something, thinking about all the senses. Mm. So um what does it smell like? You know, what's the feel or you know, if you reach out and touch something, what what are the colours, what's the weather? things like that just really imagining yourself in that in that place and the feelings that would arise in that place as well so I, I feel like you, you have to like dive into the theme like in a really big way and submerge yourself and just yeah feel it out yeah yeah definitely. that sounds that's a really good advice and it's just an interesting process to do I guess isn't it? it's getting yourself into that place where you you can do that you know i guess it's yeah respecting the time you're dedicating the time to do that to get yourself into the into yeah that place. Absolutely. it feels like you can't really do that well like on the bus or something you know when there's other no, stuff no. Going <laughs> you might have a few lines pop into your head or something like that but then yeah for me i just need to yeah be you know on my own and and really really go there delve deep into it yeah yeah brilliant yeah it's uh really interesting stuff <laughs> um, so let's move into section three now. So this is where I ask my guests to share whether the song's meaningful to them in some way related to bereavement. And what I do here is I put the link in the description. So if you're watching or listening to this, uh, you want to go listen to the song, you can pause us, click the link there, and come back and we'll have a bit of a chat about it. Uh, so what song did you choose for assembly? So this is an old song of mine called Lord, I Want an Exit. And um, yeah. Yeah, great stuff. So yeah, if you're not familiar with it, you want to go have a listen to it, um, we're going to have a bit of a chat about it. So yeah, it's a very powerful song. And was this another one that was a, a story that you heard or was it a, um, a personal this experience? This is a story, or? yeah, my grandfather actually. Um, so I lost my grandmother uh, in the early 2000s, my mum's mum, and uh, quite suddenly um, she, it was, she was in a car accident. And my grandfather, they'd been together for 52 years or something like that and he, we were all obviously very upset but he was really um sort of shocked by it and didn't really know what to do with himself because he was so dependent on her and and she on him as well um and it, it was really heartbreaking seeing how traumatized he he was by it from losing her um and he was so 
so in pain that he he didn't want to be around anymore really and he actually passed away six months after her um he he had a little bit of lung cancer but it it sort of just escalated really quickly i think from his stress and trauma um so and they were both catholic they'd um been raised as catholics and had sort of um kept to their faith and so he believed very much that she was in heaven and that he would get to see her again um and be with her so he used to and yeah and it was it was really upsetting but he would you know we'd be there at his house and and he would say as as much as out loud say that he wanted to he wanted to go and be with her um and just before he passed away he was at a hospice and my mum was with him um she spent about um a, a couple of months or something like that sort of visiting him every day and just before he died um he just sat bolt upright in bed and said my wife is my wife forever my wife is my wife forever my wife my wife is my wife forever three times in a row and then said i'm coming to see you and then passed away <laughs> so yeah which and yeah my mum was devastated that she'd lost both her parents in a very short amount of time um and this song was my way of sort of grieving my grandfather and understanding that he was ready to was ready to go and so it's sort of from his point of view um and toward and thinking to of his of his wife my grandmother yeah it's a very powerful song it's a yeah and it's a very it's one of those where it's like it's not a common perspective that you get in songs yeah. what i really like because it's quite a complex um quite a complex situation mm. that you described in it um and it's th those things that yeah like it's 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 very sad it's got a sad element to it but it's also got that beautiful element to it that it's mm. um you know it's that enduring love and that solid belief that we're back together again yeah yeah um but yeah, yeah i imagine it's a tricky balance to walk walk the the line on those songs of making sure you get the 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 balance right i guess yeah absolutely yeah i wrote this song. I, he didn't get to hear this song um, i wrote it after he'd passed away um but yeah it, it sort of brought my mum quite a lot of comfort in a way um yeah just sort of re remembering that part of it that he really did want to go and that he really strongly believed that he would be with her again and and that that is a source of comfort uh, for people who are who believe in heaven and who are religious so i can see how that would be absolutely you know a thing that um that would bring some peace yeah yeah and yeah. it's nice that thing of the song then lives on as a, a reminder of that that you know he was he was ready to go at the time and and yeah. that you know the belief that then yeah hopefully they're back together and happy and uh, yeah yeah and it's quite yeah it definitely is a consoling idea for you know for me as well to think of them in that way mm -hmm. it's so yeah. hard to imagine like yeah that's been been in a relationship with someone for that long oh. that's yeah that's longer than both of us have been alive isn't it yeah uh, yeah like yeah thinking like how close you know how close i am to my partner and i'm sure how close you are to your husband and like yeah but that over 52 years it's just so I hard know. to imagine what that would be like and then to, to then to that just be interrupted especially suddenly yeah it's um 
yeah, I don't think you don't think things are things you just you can't understand no. until you've. And that yeah, they'd been through so much. They had moved. They're Dutch. They moved from the Netherlands after World War Two out to Australia together with no family in Australia and just built a life for themselves out there and had their four kids um, and they had very traditional male female roles as well so my grandfather couldn't cook at all <laughs> and didn't know you know how to do certain house things and um, and he was used to doing the traditionally more male jobs around the house as well so it was really like just losing yourself like a big you know um yeah they were so dependent on each other and that seems to happen quite a lot doesn't it people couples that are that close you know passing away quite shortly after each other yeah that, there's kind of does. theory whether there is a dying of a broken heart thing there's a couple that yeah. i was uh, friends with that um that happened to one of them one of them died and the other one died quite quickly afterwards um yeah it is a, it, i've heard that as well yeah various people have said similar thing has happened when i've shared my story yeah. you found you found the writing of the song um quite therapeutic in your processing of it and is that I something did. that you've done in the in other situations when you've had a difficult experience finding the songwriting process therapeutic yeah always it's it's uh, songwriting is absolutely my way of sort of understanding my own experiences and understanding the world um it, it always it makes me delve into whatever it is you know like my grandfather's grief for instance to really you know look at it very closely and process it and then almost separate myself from it afterwards in a mm. in a but in a good way in a in that you know americans use the word closure but um <laughs> you know, it gives you a sense of closure um and then i'm i'm able to sort of move on emotionally in some ways although you know i do perform the songs and they always bring it back bring whatever not always after a long time of performing songs you you sort of don't necessarily have the same emotional um yeah feeling when you're expressing the music it's not necessarily always really really up and so I'm losing my thread now <laughs> you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. but um yeah it's not really emotionally present all the time the topic but um but it is that is also a good uh way of remembering in in, in some ways when you're performing these songs that are written a long time ago to just have these it's almost like photo albums or mm. um yeah just having having these memories sort of wrapped in a song uh is a way of looking back on your life and and remembering things that are important to you i was thinking of it in terms of like you know yeah you've you've always got that then so it's like you you're not going to forget about that experience because you've, yeah. you've dealt with it and you've got it in this song that kind of travels with you then you know? yeah it does it does and it's interesting how songs uh they stay the same well unless you choose to change them but they they stay the same but your life evolves around them mm -hmm. and when you perform them it can it can bring something new uh some you know to your life in that moment like reveal something new to you yeah even though the song was written a long time ago 
I've got I've got like a little kind of theory that songs are like infinitely deep <laughs> and that I was yeah. thinking about why why I'd you know happily pay money over and over again to hear someone sing the same song <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and why yeah. you were like do you think of some of the like with a film like you know, sometimes you see a film multiple times but you don't you don't watch it as many times as you would listen to a song and like the song mm. but why like sometimes especially seeing it performed live there's something then about a great performance where the song feels completely new and, yeah i guess it's like seeing more of the iceberg yeah yeah as maybe you so. Say. Yeah. so yeah 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 it's a fascinating thing and yeah like you say that the i think that's what's really great songs are yeah as you change the song reveals more of itself to you yeah, reveals more of the iceberg i guess as you yeah. like there was loads of it that you just couldn't see to begin with and you have certain experiences in your life or ever and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah maybe that's what this song was talking about yeah yeah absolutely it's yeah. amazing just sort of holds a mirror up in lots of ways yeah yeah definitely i was thinking as well when you're talking about the process of writing that song and what we were talking about with the process of doing the research and things how it's a similar thing but with with ones like this, it's like the personal experience is throwing all the information at you rather than mm. you've gone looking for it. Yeah. So like you have, a, especially when it's a, a difficult experience, it's like, you know, a lot of information comes at you and then yeah. you've got to then find out how to deal with that. Where it's the yeah. same process as like you said, with that one of, I want to write something about this, I'm going to research and get all this information. Yeah, it is. It's very similar. And so when, if I'm writing a song that comes from my own life experiences and if, if you know, as in the case of, my grandfather's story it's quite traumatic then I'm writing as as the information as the emotions are there and that's my way of comforting myself in the moment is just writing and and that can be sort of stream of consciousness or just I don't know it it's somehow turning that grief into creativity it it gives it a home in a way and and makes it for me easier to understand and to process um so like you say it is just this um outpouring of well, it's in, in, this input of information and then you're outpouring it into writing and like you said it does not just the song magically appears it's more that research or it's just ha coming at me and then i'm writing it down and then later turn it into i look back on everything that i've written and turn it into a song yeah yeah, it's, it's a fascinating process, isn't it? It <laughs> I, is, yeah. I always think with things like that as well. It's like it's it's putting putting pain to work in a way. I like yeah. so yeah. when you're you're struggling with something, but you're using that you're putting that feeling to work rather than just sitting with it, and yeah. then you're creating something which you know can help other people with a similar situation. There. Yeah. So that's a very charitable way of dealing with difficulty. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing, you know, when you send your songs out into the world, releasing an album or performing live, and what comes back from the people who receive them. I feel like for people who don't necessarily have a creative output, then um, they really hold on to your songs as something as a way of them releasing. Mm. Um, you know whatever trauma or pain or um, or joy or you know um, that's their sort of creative output in a way is 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 listening and and feeling a response to what you've done yeah and it's that that connection is one of the things that I always really feel with it is you know like when you hear a song that you feel like you could have written or like that's what you would like to have said if you had yeah. if you if you'd done that process if you you know you had if you had to put it into those words um, yeah and it can just really 
hit home and you'd be like oh that's that's it that's that's what I feel it's so I feel and then you feel recognized in a way yeah. and it's like oh somebody else has gone through that or somebody I can relate to that and I feel less alone in my in whatever thoughts or feelings yeah and you could it kind of it's understandable why people get so connected to the favorite artists and, and yeah uh, absolutely yeah. yeah yeah brilliant yeah well thanks a lot for your time Emily it's really nice thanks. to talk to you oh lovely to talk to you Ben and yeah. yeah hello to the listeners out there yeah and I recommend everyone checking out Emily's new album A Dark Memoration of Words um it'll be available all over the place presumably people can get it yeah order it online and things like that yeah yeah it's in all the usual places even in actual record stores oh. even, <laughs> even better <laughs> excuse to go outside yeah yeah um have you got anything else coming up that you want to go mention to when you when you are you doing any of the live streams everyone was doing live streams at the start of the yeah. lockdown but it's kind of faded off a bit now faded off a little i'm i'm working towards a really big um live stream in a film studio probably oh, uh late october but yeah if people want to um keep in touch then I've got a mailing list on my website, which is emilybarker.com, and you can sign up to the mailing list there and receive an email every now and again. Brilliant, yeah. I recommend people to do that. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, cool. thanks a lot for your time, Emily. And, Thank uh, you. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I'll be back with another episode soon. <laughs>